On today's show, it's time to have a conversation about Chris Middleton. I know the fans have been doing it for the last weeks. Actually, they've been doing it for years, but we are going to break down uh, where he's at, what the options are for Chris Middleton, and potentially uh, what the Bucks might do. And I'm going to ask the listeners a question as well. I got sent to poll the other day, so I'm going to uh, ask our listeners that question. Lots of Chris Middleton talk. And by the way, we just finished watching Celtics Heat Game 3. There is some crazy stuff going on in the postseason. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. And alongside me, from the Bucks Radio Network, it's Justin Garcia for today's episode that is brought to you by the Game Time app. Create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, as always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every weekday. Uh, we appreciate the support right through the off-season. We appreciate the debate that's been going on over the last few weeks as well, particularly when it comes to the coaches' search. That... I don't know when that's going to be resolved, but uh, eventually we're going to talk uh, or move into the player movement, I should say, and we're going to start to do that today with uh, perhaps the biggest argument or debate that Bucks fans are having, and that surrounds Chris Milton. I'm a little confused why it is such a big debate, but we're going to get into that today and all the reasons behind that. So we appreciate the support. Drop a like, a comment, subscribe, uh, follow, review, all those things because it helps the show uh, and we really appreciate it. So I'll tell you what else I appreciate, uh, good Wi-Fi. Last time we caught up last week, Justin, I think it was a little sketchy uh, out in Denver, but I think we're back. I think we've got a strong connection here. It seems like it. It seems like we're back. Um, so one other question I asked you on that podcast last week was, and we're recording this minutes after Boston and Miami game three. I know this podcast is releasing a little bit later, but we're still kind of in shock about what we've just seen in that game. Last week I asked you, is it helping Bucks fans, do you think, <laughs> watching Miami go on this run? Now, when I asked you that, I did not think they were one zip up at the time. I didn't yeah. think they were going to go two zip up. Tonight, maybe it's not a huge surprise going home that they go three zip up. They've been great at home uh, all postseason. But the nature of the way it happened and the Celtics basically throwing in the towel is unbelievable to watch. Yeah, um, I would still stick with... High level, the answer I gave last week, but it it somewhat softens the blow, and everybody's already made the joke too of well, if you're if you're John Horace, do you text Bud and say, hey, we're just kidding about that firing thing? <laughs> like you're still welcome back here, hmm. um, and, and that's you know the remarkable part is it seems like it's kind of caused a chain reaction. Uh, you you see these runs all the time, especially in the NFL draft, where it's oh the tight ends are going, we got to get a tight end that all of a sudden you see all these coaches that are available and it's kind of prompted, Oh, we should probably try to upgrade here. So I think that's a big reason why we've seen so many coaches 
being relieved of their duties so far in the offseason. But it, it does at least make you say, well, man, if, if, if Miami wins game four, hey, at least we weren't swept. Now, the Knicks took two games off the heat, correct? I believe it was a, a 4-2 series. Um, but regard, yeah, I mean, the Knicks and even the Bucs, <laughs> hey, if the Celtics are swept where you say we at least won a game and we were in prime position to win two of those games – uh, if it weren't for a, a really, really problematic fourth quarter in each of those games. And, oh, by the way, we won that one game without Giannis. So um, I, I don't think the firing of Bud was was an overreaction per se, but we all kind of left that series saying, man, how do you lose to an eight seed? And I mentioned this a number of times. I know you guys had talked about it too. Everybody had mentioned the Miami Heat are not a traditional eight seed, so that's kind of the tough part is, it, it look, the optics aren't great that you lose to an eight seed. This is not an eight seed. And I kept making the case, this is really like a six seed that you lost to. Uh, they look a whole lot better than a six seed right now. And and I, I'll, I'll say this too. Last thing is all throughout the season, whenever we would talk about the heat, um, and I do have to give him credit here that it's two years in a row that Dave Kane has been the guy that has kind of had his finger on the pulse of who's going to come out of the East. Last year, even before this Celtics run, he was talking to us of, man, this Boston Celtics team, I just don't like how we match up with them, and this is a team that worries me. And this was uh, the Christmas Day game that they played in the Bucks won uh, in December, early in January as well, and then the Celtics went on that run at the end of January. All season long, whenever we had a Heat game, whenever the Heat came up, he was the guy that would continually say, well, how is this any different from last year? This team, personnel-wise, has not changed a whole lot. P.J. Tucker is gone. Kevin Love is in. That's basically the only change. And that team last year was a one seed. So we've kind of taken things away from the heat all season long. And the regular season was the reason why. But maybe this team was just the lion hiding in sheep's clothing all all this time. That's fascinating. They couldn't miss a three against the Bucs. They haven't missed a three against the Celtics either. And then uh, maybe that's why the Celtics got a couple of games there because they did not really shoot the ball too well in the second round. But anyway, Miami look like they're going back to the NBA Finals, certainly as we sit here and record this. Uh, But because we're dropping this podcast a little bit later, speaking of the coaching search, if you want to hear a little bit about Frank Vogel, go and listen to yesterday's podcast with Tony East from Locked on Paces. But today, uh, we want to talk about Chris Middleton. So, and there's plenty to get through uh, here, but ultimately turns 32 in August, has a $40 million player option for next season. Uh, In some circles, I see people suggesting that why wouldn't he take the 40? Uh, Just to get the conversation going, I don't think there's any chance that he would take the $40 million player. I mean, I think that's just about the least likely scenario that plays out here. Yeah, um, and I've a few people have asked me that as well, and it's, you know, you can take $40 million or you can take $100 plus million and get multiple years, even if it's less of an annual value towards the end of it, more is more. And that's to me, the, the reason why I would say it's, it's 99% certain he's going to decline that player option, especially uh, given what this free agent, see what this free agent class looks like. It is not a great one. So if you can hit the market, uh, great, do it this year and get those offers. So we can opt out before the end of uh, next month. So June 30th. So we can opt out then the bucks can actually st- extend in before uh, that date as well, or of course after, if if he does choose to opt out. So June thirtieth is really the date uh, to keep an eye on. And and if you hear something about Chris Milton, 
the chances are that it'll be sort of in that week uh, before free agency really tips off, whether it is an extension or I think that's when things will start to ramp up. I did see it was either today or yesterday, Mark Stein uh, had something in his notes that or was reported that Mark Stein sort of said yeah. that the Bucks were planning to bring back Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. We can get into the reasons why, but I also, I read that and I think uh, it's not a big surprise to me to see that. No, um, for a number of reasons. I mean, uh, obviously there is a connection between Chris and Giannis and, and Giannis and Brooke. Um, Bud's departure, I think, was the one thing that you would maybe on the surface look at and say, well, you know, Brooke is very important and has demonstrated his value these last, uh, what, four or five years. But a lot of that was Bud's system. And if you bring in a, a new coach, a new vision, a new scheme, does Brooke fit in that? But it, it does seem as though... You know, Giannis has stressed the importance as well. And even you think back two years ago when, when Brooke missed, you know, two-thirds of that season and Giannis talking about the importance of having Brooke and how that changes everything for him, um, that carries a lot of weight as well. So I think it's all of those things. And as we've touched on a number of times, you and Frank have talked about it a bit too. There is no reset button for the Bucks. The, the, the place that they're in here, you basically – you just have to work your way through this and you have to essentially run it back and do some minor tinkering, but there's no easy out with their, their current cap structure. No, there isn't. And we can get into that a little bit more. I've got a couple of numbers that I want to throw at you and see how they sit comfortably with you. But as we continue to work our way through this conversation, I think uh, ultimately, regardless of what you want from Chris Middleton long-term, and I know fans have their different opinions, but probably the easiest path forward for the Bucks, regardless of the future uh, of Chris Middleton is in Milwaukee and probably the best option for the Bucks flexibility wise is to re-sign Chris Middleton. We'll get into that a little bit more as we continue the conversation. But first I want to talk about the game time app, our sponsor of the show today. And we've all been in the situation before where it's leading up to a game and uh, you might be starting to feel a little bit of stress about these last minute tickets to the sporting event, concert, entertainment, whatever it is that uh, you're not sure uh, where you're going to get your tickets from. They might be looking a little bit expensive online. Uh, but game time is the place for last-minute tickets. Forget plenty months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Uh, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, anything you can think of, the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the game time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account. And, re- and use the redeem code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, as I mentioned, we had a good conversation about Frank Vogel yesterday. Continue to drop your uh, coaching candidates that we haven't podcasted about yet, and I'll track them down and we'll do a show uh, regarding some of your. Uh, leading candidates that we haven't chatted about yet on Locked On Bucks, but clearly the coaching conversation is going to continue to be uh, a hot topic. And hey, who knows? Maybe there might be another uh, coach in the mix uh, soon based on what we watched uh, tonight, Justin. But uh, we appreciate the support and we appreciate the feedback. So keep coming with that. Uh, because the Bucks, and this is this is the thing that that always confuses me a little bit when I, when I read there's some comments or some thoughts from Pants. So the idea is, well, just get rid of Chris Milton. He's no good. All right. It's a ridiculous opinion, but fine. But in the same breath, it's like Chris Milton sucks. 
trade Chris Milton for Damian Lillard. So the thing that you need to, I think, for, for the Bucks, if you lose Chris Milton, he's your best shot creator. He's your best perimeter scorer, something that this team desperately lacks. And if you lose Chris Milton to some contract to the Dallas Mavericks, whoever it might be, Orlando Magic, I don't know, Portland Trailblazers, I don't know who wants to get involved in the mix here. Uh, the Bucs aren't going to be able to replace him. You don't get any salary cap relief by letting Chris Milton walk in free agency. So you have to sign him, right? I guess the question is, based on the stuff they know about his health and where he is at legitimately, which we don't know, is there going to be a number for the Bucs that is, that is too high? Because if you sign Chris Milton to a reasonable deal, and I'm talking maybe a three-year, $30 million deal, I mean, that's probably going to work out to be a bargain in my opinion, if you could get that. And then yeah. the other idea, if you're signing Chris Milton long-term, it doesn't mean that he'll be here for the whole length of the deal. You hope he is, and you hope he's great, and you hope he's healthy and plays a bunch of games. But I think re-signing Chris Milton and bringing, bringing him back is the only option that makes sense. It is. Um, the, the only scenario where you would have some money but not enough to, to do anything meaningful is if Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez both left to the point you made of, well, let them walk and wow. sign somebody else. Um, you would then, I don't know if you'd be under the cap, but you would be under the apron amount where you could use your mid-level, but you would still need to fill out what eight guys at that point. So you great. Yeah. You can sign one player to a mid-level and then it's all minimum deals from there on out. So yeah, you have no real options there you kind of have to just say, look, what we saw from Chris in the playoffs defensively, it wasn't great. We're not going to go over it once again, but you, you do kind of, and I know I, I've, you know, harped on this many times, hope is not a strategy, but you do have to hope. Well, five months of rehab and, and some time off, a longer rest than this team and this group has ever had. And, and you think about Chris specifically and, and everything that he's had the last couple of years, where last off season was lost to rehab and injuries the offseason prior to that, you played until late July. Then he hops a plane a couple of days later, and it's in the Olympics. And then you come back, and just a few short weeks later, you're getting set for the new season to start. So I think you do have to look at it and say, is it the panacea? No, but having five months off and an extended offseason should be pretty good for Chris and Drew especially. So we're hoping that is, is a bit of a difference maker for Chris. But the other thing you mentioned I think is the big one in that you know, maybe he doesn't finish his career here. Maybe he doesn't play all of those years. If let's say hypothetically it's a three-year deal, but it gives you that flexibility once again to have a tradable contract. And uh, you mentioned the $30 million range. I would assume with a player option of $40 million, if, if you're Chris Middleton and you're opting out, you're taking a multi-year deal that is into the 100 million so it would be 30 plus million and, and he's going to get that because again there's no great class of free agents out there and especially his representation i mean you know you have the leverage with the bucks they definitely need you around no i totally agree i actually would probably be a little bit concerned if he signed a three year 30 million dollar deal because right. it probably tells you that his yeah. body is not where right. it is and, and he's looking at the math and going well, I'll take $90 million over $40 million. <laughs> but I think it's probably going to be closer to four, one hundred and sixty. quite honestly. Yeah. And I still think you do it. You yeah. look at some of the other guys that have played uh, long into their 30s at this point in time. This is going to be his last payday. And again, 
I know the Bucks. it kind of feels like they've been kicking the can down the road for a few years, even though they've been in contending status. But if you think that you can get two years of still prime or near prime Chris Middleton, and I'm not too fussed about the defensive stuff. Like he's been in the regular season, certainly nowhere near what he used to be defensively for years. And this year, it's hard for me to look at Chris Middleton and go, yeah, I don't want to pay you because of your defense in the Heat series. First of all, we know that he was severely underdone. And look at anyone else on the team. If you're going to sit here and say Chris Middleton was the only one getting cooked by the Miami Heat, I'm going to have that debate with you. And on the offensive end, he was the only player that really stood up across the games. 23.8 points, 6.4 rebounds, 6.2 assists, 40% from three. So the three-point shot actually came back in the postseason on more than six attempts per game. Offensively, he was really damn good. And he again, he was doing what this team desperately needs. So would it be a risk? Of course. But we've discussed where the Bucks are at. They're not in a perfect situation. You're past. You, yeah, you're, you, you're, you can't lose Chris Middleton. You're past the the point. You, you like you're you're taking the risks at this point that it's just kind of the the cost of doing business for where the Bucks are. And yeah, I agree. I don't have any questions about Chris offensively. And even if you want to look at the numbers last year, it's a tough comp because of the games played and the way it was kind of start and stop all season for him. But as you mentioned, the playoff uh, numbers offensively did turn around and really. The only thing that stood out for Chris um, when when kind of glancing at some of those numbers was um, the foul rate went up a little bit, which speaks to everything we've already mentioned uh, on the defense. But he just he didn't take as many threes. And you mentioned the shooting percentage was down. The amount of threes he was taking in terms of his total shots, that was down, not dramatically down, but it was down from what we've seen. So Part of that, I'm sure, is it takes some time to get your legs back. And he looked much different offensively in the playoffs. So right or wrong, I'm I'm just going to hang my hat on, well, I'm assuming five months off is going to do Chris Middleton a lot of good here in this offseason. And we'll see a different version of Chris. The only other thing I would mention, and it's more of a, a Frank question, or actually probably a Larry Kuhn question, because I haven't seen Hmm. all of the details in that CBA, but I do believe there was something in there um, for situations like this to, again, eliminate teams kind of getting around the cap and saying, hey, you got a $50 million player option. We want you. That's way too much. So decline it. We'll work something out and pay you less. And I do think something was addressed where there's only uh, so much of a hit you can take on your annual year-by-year salary if you decline a player option. So it's not, uh, and we're not suggesting it, but if Bucks fans would say, well, great, then Chris can decline this and he can sign uh, four years, $60 million. No, he can't do that and he won't do that. No, 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 he won't be doing that. And uh, just with the the injury stuff, I want to get to that next because you did speak about the amount of games he's played or in that period of time where the Bucks are going on runs, we've discussed the cumulative toll that that can have on players. So I want to get to that uh, a little bit next. Uh, and then we can obviously get into more about the fact that certainly in my opinion, you, as a Bucks fan, you can feel however you want to feel about Chris Milton, but the market is going to dictate what his value is. And you can bet that there are going to be teams that are going to be chasing Chris Milton this off season, which flies in the face of those that say that he stinks. If all these teams want to throw big money at him. So we'll get to that uh, next, let me just figure out what I'm about to talk about. Ah, it's going to be prize picks. We love prize picks. Uh, you know, two two podcasts in a day has got me uh, has got me a little rattled here. But prize picks, we know, uh, has got a really good deal running throughout 
the playoffs and the NBA finals, the $1 million daily Superflex promotion every day of the NBA playoffs and the finals. Uh, one prize picks user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will randomly be selected each day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payout. Six correct picks, one million bucks. Five correct picks, 80K. Four correct picks, 16K. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at that link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. And once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal and you could be the lucky winner. And I reckon the way we've been watching Miami play, if you go in the over on three-point makes, you're probably feeling pretty good about it because uh, they hit a ton of threes in tonight's game. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. Uh, don't forget that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks at PricePix. Yeah, so the, the health stuff that we were talking about before the break is interesting to me. So this year was obviously pretty disastrous. 33 regular season games, and it was really split up over two stints. The second stint, I think, was more um, productive, or obviously it was more productive. He looked a lot more like himself. Did he try and come back a little bit earlier the first time? He understands he's in a contract year. Then there was all the stuff, well, is he being careful? I don't necessarily buy that because I think we saw that he just didn't look right. But where do you sit on the Chris Milton being injury-prone as an idea in general, though? Because when I go back and I look at his basketball reference page and look at the games played, so 2018, he plays all 82. Yeah, That was the last year of, obviously, Jason Kidd, Joe Prunty. He played 77 in the first year of Bud, 62 in 2020, which was shortened, yeah. uh, 68 in 2021, which was only 72 games. Yeah. They went on to win the title. The Olympics, as you mentioned, 66 in 2022. But, um, look... He had the, the wrist stuff. There was, there was a little bit uh, going on there. We know he carried that wrist injury, and then he slipped, slipped, uh, slipped on the wet spot. So yeah. is there any justification for saying that this man is injury-prone? Injury I'm just not quite sure. No. And we know that these things can happen quickly, and people will push back and say, okay, what about the knee this year, uh, those types of things. But I'm not sure. Injury-prone has to be more than a couple of incidents happening within one year, right? It has to be a, a long-term thing. Yeah, I'm not counting his his rookie year. Um, you take that out of the mix. He's had two years where he missed significant time with an injury, and one of them was last year. The other one was um, not his first, but yeah, the the sixteen seventeen where that was a hamstring, <laughs> a hamstring that, yeah. as we came to find out, was very very serious, fully detached from the bone. And to me, what stands out is. Uh, with that injury, he played all 82 games. You already mentioned this the year after that missed five games in Bud's first year. Uh, they played, I think 73 games in the 1920 season. So he missed about 10 games uh, twice in that uh, span. And then four games in the, the 2021 season that he missed. So um, no, I, I don't think you can call him injury prone. He slipped on a wet spot that we joke about in that uh, first round series against the bulls last year. And then this off season, again, to me, a lot of this comes back to, and I think Chris talked about this a little bit, um, not in great detail, but that the piece and when he sat down with Eric earlier in the season and, and talked uh, through this off season, the rehab and everything that he was going through to me, a lot of this just comes back to the year that they won the title, that 
there was so much and so many games that this team played, not just that year, but you look at the year prior and how the season had that start and stop. Um, the three seasons that touched two calendar years, the amount of games that the Bucks played in those seasons was uh, obviously right up there with any other team, given that they, they went the deepest in uh, one of those seasons. Um, but you, you look at the calendar year of 2020 onward in these last three full calendar years, the amount of games that this team has played and that 2021 off season, where again, you didn't get a whole lot of time and there was a lot of playing and that just rolled into the following season where he suffers that injury at the end of the season. And that rolls into the off season to me, that's a lot of what we're seeing here. And it's, it's not fair to say that Chris Middleton is an injury prone guy because coincidentally, two of these have occurred in the last year. Other than that, again, it's just two seasons that you can point to and say he missed significant time with an injury. Um, so regardless of what I think about what Chris Milton can do on the floor and his importance for this team because of the rare skill set that he has for this group, and it's going to be tough to move these guys, th- that is a big reason why I think that it's a no-brainer that you bring him back as well. We should say that. Look, I'm not saying that it's going to be perfect i'm not saying that it's going to 100 work out i'm not saying that if he does get injured next year that there is a chance that you could look back and go gee that's not working out the way we wanted it to but i just think because of the the situation that the franchise is in i think he's a guy that has to come back you'll see people talk about signing trades and all these things but they're so difficult they're so difficult to make happen i i'm not saying it's just that's not I think it's more hard. It's not really anything they can explore. And again, I haven't looked at where they are exactly, but it may not even be a possibility just in terms of where they are with the apron that you get hard capped as, as you know, we, all the things that could trigger the hard cap. We experienced one of those two off seasons ago when you had drew holiday and you saw how you had to fill out the roster with second round draft picks. Um, uh, a sign and trade would do the same where the bucks would be hard caps. So you'd be in the same spot of great. We're going to have to shed even more money. And it's just, you know, we're going to have to maybe see if we can acquire uh, an additional second round pick and fill out the roster that way. In addition to minimums. So if you, if you are someone that wants to shake up the roster and this will be something we'll discuss in, in future weeks, but whether it's, if you really want to trade and we discussed the whole Portland situation, which again, maybe is just uh, you know, fantasy, if that's something that you're excited about, but yeah, you know, honestly, if there's a big name player that you really want to, it's probably going to be Drew just because he's got the multiple years left on his deal. I think he would still have real value around the league. Again, I'm not advocating for that, but I think that's a, a more likely scenario and it's probably a, the path is probably leaning towards the Bucks signing Brook Lopez and Chris Milton, and I think bringing everyone back. Maybe you know Bobby Portis, Pat. We'll see what they do with those sort of guys on the periphery. But you know, as far as your star four, um, yeah, I, I don't see it. No, I don't. Uh, I don't see it either because, again, it's. I don't know what the real possibility is of a sign and trade. I don't think it's it's very likely that it, it's possible with their cap situation and um, you know, allowing or deciding eh, we're, we're ready to move on here is kind of a concession of we're not going to compete this year. And we're going to start to kind of push all of our chips down further down the road and uh, say, Hey, let's, let's take a step back to, to take a step forward in the next couple of years. The danger with that 
is two years from now, you're, you're going to be revisiting potentially the same conversations we had going into that uh, 2020, 21 season with Giannis and his status. So for that reason, I, I just think, and look, we didn't mention it with Brooke either. Brooke had the, the injury injury prone tag early in his career too. And it was two seasons that he lost to a, a leg injury. And since then, Brooke has been an Ironman. But all the things we've said about Chris, we didn't mention Brooke, but you have to say the same thing that, look, the Bucks could sign him to a three or four year deal. There is a chance a year or two into that. You're saying, man, this is not a great looking contract, but that's just the risk that you're going to have to take for where this team is. And again, Giannis's status and, and trying to do everything you can to remain competitive and get him another championship while you have him. So I should say, and by the way, uh, to be clear, I've never in my four years of doing this uh, podcast claimed to be a cap expert. And that's why we've got Frank Madden, who's going to come in and we'll do a, a salary cap uh, explainer podcast as we do every offseason, which outlines exactly where the bucks are at. Uh, the listeners can send in questions that they may have. I, I think, though, unless I'm wrong, and maybe this is not a conversation we need to have on the show, but we'll, I'll do it anyway. I think if you do do a sign and trade, I think so. Let's just say the Bucks did a sign and trade for Milton with Portland. I think it would be Portland as the the team that's acquiring the player that would be hard cap, not yeah. not the Bucks, not the Bucks. I think that's right. I believe so. And and look, I mean, the other thing is uh, there's so there's a lot, and it's the the show itself is probably the avenue for this, but. Yeah, especially yeah, yeah. with the new CBA, there are a lot of changes oh, yeah. where if you said, hey, we're going to just start to rebuild and you would point to what you didn't get with the Malcolm Brogdon exit. But, hey, we would get a trade exception. That's changing, too, to my understanding, with when those expire, that it's no longer you can carry that up to the draft. It's, hey, as soon as the season ends, it's done if you're in the tax situation and in that second apron. So there's a lot of moving parts around sign and trades and everything else that uh, the Bucks are going to be facing this offseason, the draft picks and, uh, you know, the, the fact that they probably can't move a draft pick for four or five years now, given what they've done to curb trading picks seven years down the road to teams that are in that second apron. So all of all of this just means all signs are pointing towards you basically have to re-sign Chris and Brooke and just run it back with these guys. And the changes that you would make would be. Do we move on from role players and try to package some of those tradable salaries, like in that five to $10 million range that you have with Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis, as much as we love them, those are the contracts that are easier to move and say, well, maybe we can do some tinkering here. And the other fascinating part, which we haven't mentioned a whole lot yet this off season is, you know, we keep mentioning Brooke and uh, Chris, but again, where they are financially and the very limited wiggle room they have, how do you approach Joe Ingles and Jay Crowder and, and Javon Carter and players like that, that it's going to start to be very, very costly, but you're almost in the same spot there where, look, we probably have to do everything we can to bring those guys back to if for no other reason than to have an asset to move. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. And uh, about six weeks now, that sounds about right. Six weeks, five and a bit weeks until uh, free agency tips off there. So we're going to have plenty of shows, obviously, between now and then to hopefully answer a bunch of questions and at least just throw out our opinions that you might sit back and go, that's absolute garbage. When you said uh, something we haven't talked about a lot, I thought you were going to talk about the live pod. But anyway, we won't give away too many details, but I think it's coming. I might be just making my way into Milwaukee. We'll see. I think it's happening. But we'll we'll work it out. And then we'll have more details about that 
uh, as well. Uh, make sure you drop all your thoughts on tonight's podcast, though. Chris Milton, anything you want to say about Chris Milton and where they're at? Again, if you want to say me and Justin are fools for whatever we said tonight, uh, then let us have it. You can do that in the YouTube comments. You can hit us up on Twitter, as you can see on your screen there as well. We appreciate the feedback and we enjoy the debate, but uh, continue to support the show um, because we appreciate it uh, for sure. Justin, I uh, got my time zone wrong originally, but I'm glad we're able to knock this out uh, in the usual time slot that we Sunday night pods. We do this all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right up there too, by, uh, by all accounts with the downloads is the Simmons and Rosillo Sunday night pods. Well, that'll be an interesting one tonight. Uh, I'll probably listen to that. Uh, All right. We'll leave it there and we'll catch everyone tomorrow.